What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And welcome in, everyone, to a special edition of Football 24-7 with John McMullen as we broadcast across the Jacob Media Network. John, we come right to you first out of the block today at the press conference, the much-anticipated press conference, the much-awaited press conference, the press conference that was supposed to provide all the answers. Did we get them today, my friend? Um, as far as Carson Wentz goes, Krause, yeah, I, I think we did. Uh, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty clear what happened, and, and both sides, by the way, because Carson had his introductory press conference in Indianapolis, by the way, about the same time. Um, both sides took the high road. I think that was kind of expected, but Howie Roseman did admit, and uh, when I did start off the press conference, that was the question. It did kind of admit, I said, what changed? What changed from the day after the season when you were talking about it would be like losing a finger when you said you couldn't imagine being without him uh, to the trade. And, and he basically said conversations with uh, Carson and his agent, Ryan Tolner, and the fact that uh, he wanted out. He, he wanted a new start. And from the Eagles' perspective, uh, they ultimately made the decision that it's better to move on, take your medicine, in the short run rather than have a, a, a disgruntled situation in the locker room again. You saw how bad it was last year, Krause, with the quarterbacks. Remember, you're bringing back Jalen Hurts, and if Carson Wentz is back, you're going to have that disconnect among some players like Jalen Hurts, some players like Carson Wentz. just wouldn't have been a good situation. John, what was the dynamic like for everyone so they understand what it was? There you have... Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni uh, sharing the platform via Zoom, but sharing the platform. How did how did that play out? Well, it's not the first time the Eagles have done these sort of dual press conferences. During you know, as we get the lead up to the draft, you'll see Howie and Andy Weidel um, and Nick Sirianni. You'll have sort of a, a, a three man kind of situation and and through the draft Jeffrey Lurie has spoken in the past with Howie Roseman how he's done it with Doug Peterson um so it's sort of that range and this was the start of the new league year press conference so uh typically in years past that would be Howie and Doug Peterson and and generally because Howie speaks so rarely you know he gets most of the questions and that is is basically out of necessity because you know ultimately when you get into the season you get the head coach multi times a week so we'll get to talk to Nick Sirianni a heck of a lot uh we only get Howie a couple times a year so you have to take advantage of it I guess my reason for asking the question the one impression that Nick Sirianni made to the Philadelphia market in some circles, wasn't very good. And I, I, I guess I'm curious, not seeing today's press conference, as to was there a dynamic that appeared to be cohesive? Was there a dynamic that Nick appeared to be more assertive, where, yes, he now feels 
a few months later that he's in control of the roster and all of those dynamics, or was it just a a back and forth? Uh, it was a back and forth. He doesn't have that opportunity, I, again, because most people are going to direct their questions to Howie because it's sort of like Howie's season uh, in the season when the season when the regular season's going on. Uh, it, it tends to be the head coach, and in the past, it's been Doug Peterson. It'll be that way with Nick Sirianni when you get to the off season. How he's making the decisions, how he's making signing the contracts, he's making the draft choices. So um, he's got a bigger imprint on, on things, but the head coach has got to be involved as well. I, I do think Nick was a lot more comfortable today. You could see. Uh, then his introductory press conference, I think he was a little bit nervous. He showed a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. I think Eagles fans are going to like that. I, I think, you know, my, my one critique from a communication standpoint, he goes, he goes in heavy with the enthusiasm. So he gets, he gets you for about a minute and then he keeps going. He's got to learn <laughs> to cut it off because he starts to wander at the end. Do you think, John, from today's presser, there was any earth-shattering answers that were discovered? A lot of scuttle, a lot of speculation, a lot of conversation uh, around the region. Did we learn anything today? I don't think there was a smoking gun, but if I go back to, you know, so many of us, and I'll put myself in this camp, is said, you know, why would the Eagles, uh, why would Jeffrey Lurie approve $33.8 million in dead money when the previous NFL record was $22.2 million? That's a big leap. That is a, a big kick up in that record. And that's a precedent they didn't want to set. And, and I think we got that answer. Uh, and, and that answer was because they didn't have any other options. I, I think ultimately, if Carson would have agreed to the reclamation project, if he would have agreed to say, okay, let's try this thing. I, I, I want to I give it another try. He would still be here. He would still be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so, from Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman's perspective, they, they ate that money because they felt they had to. They felt they had no other option. Football 24-7 with John McMullen. You'll hear a lot more about today's press conference. You'll hear John tonight uh, on The Fix with Ryan Rothstein. You'll hear him tomorrow on The Middle with Aton Chander, Harry Mays, and Barrett Brooks. And you'll hear him, of course, with the full hour on Saturday on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Um, the uh, John Show extending the play will cover it in uh, detail. John, I want to ask you, since you're talking about money and the cap hit and everything else, um, any conversation on the press conference today about free agent activity? I almost feel, and this is just a gut feeling, this isn't a, a statement of of being in the know, I almost feel like the Eagles are broke. Like they're not spending any money. There's no conversation other than a Deshaun Watson story. Um, is this team not not looking to be active at all? 
Well, they're they're not going to be active. I mean, they're not broke. The organization makes a lot of money, but you do have a salary gap, and you're under those constraints. And they're now paying thirty four million of of a hundred eighty two million dollar salary cap uh, for a player who's not playing for them. So <laughs> that is dramatic, and that's that record setting uh, dead hit that I mentioned, and that's why. Other teams haven't done it. Other teams won't go down that route and, and eat that much money because in the short term, in the what will be the 2021 season, yeah, it hamstrings the Eagles. They can't do a lot of things in free agency. They're typically the team. You know, I wrote on Philly Voice today about the rumors and, you know, the, the rumors surrounding Deshaun Watson, Jason Locke, and Fora brought up him. Um, that that was the way the NFL worked. No matter who the player was, and I'm sure you've heard this as well, Krause, that the, they would say blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe the Giants are interested, the Ravens are interested, whoever it was, and then came, and the Eagles. Because the Eagles were always involved, always making phone calls, always keeping abreast on on. Uh, the biggest name players and trying to get involved and trying to be in that mix because that's how he's aggressive nature. Uh, because of the Carson Wentz contract, because it went sideways, because they were forced to trade him, they don't have the ability to do that because they're up against it from the salary cap standpoint. So this season, uh, it's shopping at the Walmart clearance aisle, and they're hoping to clean it up and be back in the game, so to speak, next season. Despite trying to move on and close the book on Carson Wentz, we just can't seem to get past uh, Carson Wentz. It's almost like deja vu all over again. Carson Wentz goes second pick in the draft back in 2016. Fast forward, we're going into the 2021 draft, uh, the top 10 or 12 picks or whatever uh, whatever are uh, stocked with uh, great quarterbacks or certainly quarterbacks that are going to fall somewhere in there, and the Eagles are right in the middle of it. Any conversation or chatter today about what the Eagles will do right now with their pick? I'm sure he's not going to come out and say anything, but did you get any inclination perhaps from Sirianni about that, about the upcoming draft? Well, it, you know, Nick doesn't have any power when it comes to taking the picks. I mean, he'll, obviously you want to uh, get the head coach's input, but uh, similar to when Doug was here and Doug was the head coach, how he makes the draft choices. Now, any good general manager is going to want to get players that fit in which is with his coaching staff scheme and, and players his coaching staff will want. So that's sort of part of the job, but Ultimately, it is Howie's job. And he did say, because there was that big Chris Mortensen report that said Jeffrey Lurie told his personnel people to build around Jalen Hurts. So don't think about taking a quarterback at number six. Howie did say, uh, that's not true. The Eagles will, will be doing their due diligence with all the quarterbacks, whether it's Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Mac Jones. They're not going to be in a position to get Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson. but uh, so they're going to do their due diligence. Now, I, I never <laughs> I never thought it was prudent for Jeffrey Lurie because you don't want to give away your strategy, Krause. You know, I, it, it makes no sense. So, in other words, you don't want teams behind you thinking, okay, Philadelphia's not ta- taking a quarterback, so we don't have to make a move up or 
Uh, because if you think about it, Carolina, for instance, say at number eight, well, they want a quarterback. And if they know Philadelphia's not taking one, well, there's no desire to move up. And, and why does that help the Eagles? Well, it would help the Eagles because that means one of the position players they might want, whether it's Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts, they might fall because other teams are jumping up to take quarterbacks. So from a strategy standpoint, Jeffrey Lurie's decree never made sense, and I think Howie's trying to clean that up. Well, John, uh, I'm hoping for Kyle Pitt and then the rest of the 11 picks or 10 picks remaining in the draft. Uh, I'm hoping for six or seven uh, big uglies, six or seven offensive <laughs> linemen, uh, and then maybe backfill uh, with a couple of DBs uh, and or, or some ta- or, or and pick up some receiver talent uh, and let's try and compete next year. I don't know if that's a reality or if 2021 is really going to be as bad as we think. Well, that's a lot of offense, but they do. I mean, that's what this team believes in. They believe in building on the offensive and defensive line. So you're going to see those. But I, I don't think it's going to be as bad for for one major reason, and it is that offensive line. And there's a lot of question marks because of the injury situations, Lane Johnson and, and Brandon Brooks and Andre Dillard. But I, I got to tell you, if, and that's a lot of ifs, and I, I, I mean, you got to put that caveat on there. If those guys are healthy, and you have Jason Kelsey as well and Isaac Sayamalo, all of a sudden what was one of the league's worst offensive lines turns back into one of the league's best offensive lines overnight. And if you have a good offensive line, you're not going to be a bad football team. You might not be a Super Bowl winner because you got to have a lot of other stuff. Well, you're not going to be terrible. So I, I think if you want some positive, if you want to hang some hats, hang your hat on something, if those guys are healthy, the Eagles are not going to be a terrible football team. Football 24-7 with NFL insider John McMullen. Not letting you get out of here, John, without talking about Birds 365. Jody Mack and Johnny Mack getting it together Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. show debuts, Monday, April 5th. Johnny Mac, super excited uh, about Birds 365. Yeah, thrilled about it. You know Philadelphia Crowds, whether they always say, back to the Eagles. Back, I mean, the people are so passionate about this team, uh, and, and that's what they love. And you see it, whether it's Carson Wentz leaving, whether it's Nick Sirianni coming, you see the interest. Uh, nobody can get enough of this team. I'm thrilled to team up with Jody Mack. Obviously, he's been in this market for so many years. He and I do some hits on a different radio station as well. I think we got a good rapport. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about the show in it. And the title itself tells you all you need to know. Uh, uh, Birds 365, because we've been doing this. We've been talking Eagles every day, year-round. Now we're just going to expand it. And that's the reason I'm here, because the people love this team. Great stuff from John McMullen, Football 24-7, and soon to add to the lineup, Birds 365. Great stuff today, Johnny Mac. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Krause. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.